We are recapping the month of October into Something in the Air podcast. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci. Join with me as we do at the top of every month. New Jersey State climatologist and May 13th birthday buddy, Dr. Dave Robinson. Um, Dr. Robinson, you know, I think back to our birthday on May 13th here. It was uh, it was pretty nice. It was okay. Um, not definitely the case this week here. We are the last week of October and we have uh, not one but two storm systems coming through New Jersey. Yeah, it was a boring month up till now. Kind of gratefully boring after what we faced with Ida in early September. But boy, it's made up for a little lost time. Uh, not just in New Jersey, but as many people probably know, really nationwide. Yeah, it's been all across the country. I think some of the news things we've heard of, um, atmospheric river going into California. You know, we had our, again, our nor'easter earlier in the month and Hey, you know, let's just talk about that nor'easter real quick. Did, did you see those winds that were out in Massachusetts? I, I don't want I'll, we'll get back to New Jersey, but they had gusts that were over 80 miles an hour out there. Yeah, I think Martha's Vineyard had a, um, a spotter with a 94 mile an hour gust, but oh. 70 to 90, 70 mile an hour into the 80s was common. And I heard over a half million customers lost power. That means multiply that times three and you've got over one and a half million people without power. Um, they didn't get as much rain as expected. Yet here in parts of New Jersey, we got as much or more rain than expected, but less wind than expected. So yeah. it was it was a very complex storm system. You as the meteorologist can certainly talk about that. Uh, well, I, I you know, what, it's kind of my job and I've been trying to do it, but it's been just almost tiring because you're talking about, you know, the nor'easter, it's, it's, you know, it, it gets you, you're getting back into season. This is like preseason. I feel like October, you get these nor'easters and you're talking about the coastal flooding. You're talking about the wind. You're talking about the rain, I'm not talking about the snow yet, but it is a good warm up uh, for the winter season. But I think what was interesting about this is that you kind of had, you know, two low pressures, you know, kind of tangoing with each other across the area and i think that's why the winds weren't as strong because your air pressure gradient was not as tight but we did see rain and you know we saw in some parts of um atlantic county over two inches pretty much like that parkway corridor was around or above two inches but alas the cape may bubble uh did its thing again because i think west cape may came on came in with like 0.74 you might have the exact number but it was something like that it, it was on the low end. And and again, just like with Ida, it was central in North Jersey that got hit with the three to five inch plus rainfall. Except this time, instead of being seven to almost 10, falling in six to eight hours, this was four to uh, say three to five inches falling in 24 hours. So it was a lot easier for uh, things to handle. There was no major flash flooding. The rivers came out of their banks in a few places, um, but there was plenty of warning. So this was more your typical nor'easter, uh, your early season warm-up, as you said. Uh, yeah. Although, you know, it, it's kind of like the Yanks playing the Red Sox in the first preseason game because it was, it was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I, I'm thinking, you know, it was like it was Sunday and I'm like, you know, usually Sunday, I do take it pretty easy on the weather. I don't do a lot, but I'm like, I got to start doing stuff for this. Like I'm, and I'm like, this is usually what I'm doing in, you know, January, February, March. So, you know, it was pretty incredible. And, and the one thing 
I, and I was talking to a friend of ours, Jim Everwine, South Jersey legend down here about this storm. We said, you know, what would happen if it were January? And, and I think what you would see, you get that shot of probably for us down here in South Jersey rain, but then a mix. And then there was that back end that came through on Tuesday night. That would probably be all snow for us here. I'm not saying we would get a lot of snow, yeah. but yeah, you get, you get something on the back end for us. And that's something we haven't seen a lot of in this corner of the state the past two winters. That's a good point. Yeah, it was uh, that, that double-barreled low. Um, yeah. it, it has sprung up pretty quickly. There wasn't much talk about it late last week, but all of a sudden come Sunday, it was like, watch out uh, for Tuesday. Uh, and then that secondary low, while, while the, the low that gave those strong winds to southeast New England was starting to develop, there was a handoff from that low out in the Great Lakes that gave Chicago a lot of rain and wind and some severe storms out in the Midwest. And it's, it's like it had a funky handoff um, yeah. to that low off the coast. And then a secondary kind of formed right off the North Jersey coast and kind of regressed up into North Jersey and Southeast New York, because this would have been some snowstorm from Albany over to Ithaca. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And what was that? Was it, Two winters ago, or was it last winter that had that tremendous snowstorm from Albany? Ithaca? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was last December, where yeah. from Williamsport to Binghamton over to uh, over to Albany, they had this three plus feet of snow. Yeah, you know, coastal flooding has uh, certainly come back in a big way because I was going to put it on my top ten weather events of 2021 that we were going to be quiet coastal flooding, but that is not the case. No, no. I, and again, it, you're, as you're, you're right about the persistence of it. Um, I haven't looked at all the numbers yet as I pull, start pulling together things for October. But that earlier event, it was like, I don't know, I haven't looked how many consecutive hours winds gusted to 30 miles an hour or greater at Harvey Cedars, up, up at Seaside Heights, up, up to... Um, Seagirt. And it wasn't like the winds were gusting at 50 miles an hour. They were just persistently at 30, yep. 40 miles an hour. And that's that can get you as much coastal flooding as one day with a 50 mile an hour wind because it just keeps pushing that water into the bays and it can't get out before the next high tide gets in. Uh, you know, shades on a mini scale of the 62 storm, for instance. Sure. Yeah. And uh you know, that one, of course, I, I think some people would debate whether that or Sandy was the bigger storm, you know, for the coastal areas. Oh, well, and I'm not saying that this was 62. I'm just, you know, I was just making an antidote. on. I mean, from LBI south, the 62 storm, but north of LBI, it was Sandy. Yeah, I, true. North of the eye, you know, you had you had the greater impacts there. Um, yeah. Going and we'll we'll get into the month as a whole, but you know we talked a little bit about the upcoming winter. You know anything in October kind of pointing you to you know do we see more storm tracks like this or are we are you looking at something else different? You know with the La Nina as we go into the winter months. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's so difficult here in Jersey where we're squeezed. I like to say squeezed between uh, the higher and lower latitudes in the ocean and the continent. Um, but typical La Nina pattern would be a storm going up through the Great Lakes that might transfer energy off the coast. And we, we sort of saw that with this one. Um, and again, the handoff was kind of fumbled a little bit. Um, we tend not to have those coastal storms that start in the Gulf and come right up past Hatteras and head up. 
And like this one developed further north. And I think we could see more of that. Um, but, it, you know, October is not a good predictor for what the West, rest of the winter is like. Um, yeah. The memory, the memory in this area, in, in the atmosphere, just isn't that great. But you have to factor in also that sea surface temperatures, which take longer to respond to warming and cooling, are real warm off the coast. So we're going into at least the first month or two of the winter with above average sea surface temperatures. And, and that could spell more moisture getting into the atmosphere, could sp spell snow events turning into rain. Um, but that needs to be factored in. And I think we already see that. Yeah, we're in the low 60s, you know, right now. I'm just looking, you know, at our temperatures along the Jersey Shore. We're in the low 60s with our water temps. And yeah, I mean, you know, if it's July, it's a little chilly to go in. But the point is, it's above average, probably more like Virginia, I would say, than here. And as we go into the, to your point, you know, unless you're getting an offshore wind where the wind direction or where the water temps don't matter early, you know, it would be tough to get anything significant coming our way here. Um, I want to switch over to just precipitation as a whole. You know, it's a little weird because we're doing this on the 28th and we have our storm system on the 29th and 30th. You know, we're looking about a half inch to an inch of rain with this in our corner of the state. You know, what, what can you tell us about rainfall? Well, you're going to need that rain to get up to normal. I mean, October statewide was very dry until this week. It was running about 20, 25% of normal. You picked up a, a fair amount um, uh, for a week uh, down in the South, but a points up North picked up a month's worth of rain in the event earlier this week. So the North is gonna end up above average. It's already running about an inch above average for the month, over five inches for the month. Uh, but down in the southern part of the state, it's still in the three and a half inch or so range. Um, and, and with that, um, the rain almost is, is welcome um, to, to moisten things up, get groundwater uh, recharged, start getting it recharged for the, the winter season. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really amazing how we had a lot of rain there with Ida. And then we kind of took six, seven weeks off with a few yeah. rain events here or there. And then, bam, we get hit with these two storms in the last week of October. I, I know in my backyard, I've had about 16 inches of rain since the 1st of September. And 12 of those 16 inches fell you know, in about um, 20 hours. Oh. seven yeah. hours with with ida with eight and yeah. a half inches of rain and then yeah. four and a half inches in about 12 to 18 hours uh with the nor'easter so the rest of that period 99 percent of the time these past two months precipitation's been below normal could you say when it rains it pours you could say that and the other thing you could say is that it shows you when you or measuring precipitation. You can't take a day off. That's right. And you as the uh, Coco Ross coordinator for New Jersey is especially not pleased when that happens. Well, I won't say displeased because the I can never criticize the Coco Ross observer. That's right. We love, we love, we love all of our Coco Ross observers. Unless they put their rain gauge in lousy locations or whatever. I don't know anybody who would have done uh, that. I don't I know. Why would somebody do that? 
I, I don't know. They, they they just didn't get with the program, I guess. Mm. But uh, no, I hope it, it was no one here. Yeah, and, and also I might add with Kokoraz, there's an opportunity to put in a multi-day report. So if you're yeah. away, you can right. check gauge a couple of days later and say, oh, in the last five days, we got three inches of rain. It won't specify which day, but it will go towards your monthly total. So there's a lot right. of flexibility there. Sure. So, no, we, and, uh, we are, it's all carrots, uh, no sticks when it comes to our Kokoraz observers. We have been punny this first half of the Something in the Air podcast. And let's see if we can do it on the second half. We're going to talk about temperatures. We're going to talk about fall foliage. We're going to see what's going on in the climate office. We'll be back with you after the break. everybody to the something in the air podcast and hey by the way if this is your first time listening we have new episodes the first and third wednesdays of every month here so the first wednesday of the month is with dr dave robinson new jersey state climatologist where we recap the month that was and then the second one we usually bring in some kind of different guests to come on in so last month we had a friend of yours judah cohen come on he was talking to us about the winter outlook along with Jim Sullivan from Weatherworks. Um, I, did you listen to it at all? You want the truth or you want me to make something up? <laughs> no, that's right. We'll just move on to the next topic. We'll talk about temperature. Actually, Judah and I exchanged some notes. Um, so I, we were back and forth. He was one of some of our uh, October snow cover data over Siberia. My okay. other wife is a polar scientist. He uses yes. that for his projections. So we were going back and forth just last week. So no, I didn't get to listen to the podcast, but your guest was a terrific one. Yeah. Yeah. No, Judah's always great. And, uh, you know, he loves, he just loves coming on and like talking too, like whether it's like for an article or for a video, you know, he's, he never tells me no. So it's actually been, been really cool to have him on here and get the pe get the people down here in South Jersey to hear about him. Um, let's talk about temperatures. Um, we were like warm. I mean, the, the, the way I remember it was first half of the month kind of felt like a continuation of September. And in the second half, it wasn't that our days were all that warm, but the nights were warm and you add it all up. And what do we got? It's this gets us to a repeat cycle, repeat, repeat, repeat. It was the second warmest October in 127 years of records in New Jersey. The numbers aren't all finally in, but I looked at them today along with Assistant State Climatologist Matt Gerbush, and yeah. we came to the conclusion we're not going to crack and beat 2007, which was the warmest since 1895, but we're not going to end up in third place. We're just too much ahead. Now, that's mm. statewide. Uh, and, and again, as you, and as you mentioned, um, the the preliminary numbers have the state's maximum temperature, average maximum for the month, ranking about the fourth warmest. But the minimum temperatures in October are blowing away the record for the warmest low temperatures in the month of October, beating 2007 probably by a half degree, which is a lot in oh, yeah. logic monthly parlance. So again, it's just another top 10 month in New Jersey driven in mostly, uh, not mostly, driven in majority 
by minimums because you know fourth warmest maximum isn't exactly chopped liver <laughs> yeah. so it, it just goes on and on I, and let me quickly add before i forget here we are we're going to make it through october i'm pretty confident that we'll make it through sunday without any of our weather net stations 65 of them across the state hitting the freezing point we have not had a single station in the network hit the 32 degree mark yet this this fall. Twice last week, um, Hopewell Township in Mercer County and Basking Ridge in Somerset County on two different mornings hit 33, no doubt some frost on the ground. But even our cold spots in Walpack and Sandyston are up high at High Point Monument. They haven't gotten out of the, below the mid thirties. And this is pretty unusual. I can think back in 2011, um, Wallpack didn't hit um, below freezing, and then they were fell to 26 on the 28th of October. And people may remember, and I know we were talking about this, the next day we had a snowstorm in central in North Jersey. But people don't remember that was a very warm October up until just the, the very, very end of the month. Um, so, but I can't recall, and I'd have to look in the records, and I should have. Um, an October where the entire state has gotten through without a freezing temperature. Heck, Caribou, Maine, Northern Maine, just had their first 32-degree low it was yesterday morning, I believe. That was 12 days later than their all-time record latest 32-degree. And it's only going to be the 6th October in like a century of record. They haven't had a flake of snowfall up there in October. So, you, you nailed it, Joe. You said September bled into October, just like August bled into early September. Yeah. And, and Caribou, Maine, I should add, that's not along the coast, Maine. That is up there in Maine. That is by the Canada border. And, you know, it's just part of this, you know, part of this climate changing world that we're seeing where our temperatures, you know, a little bit warmer and these things add up over time. And, and you know, we, we talked about this in the spring. We had our climate averages update every 10 years. We do that every month had some kind of increase here. I don't remember exactly what October's is. Chime in if you do. But uh, but, you know, we, we had some kind of increase for every month. So, you know, this is more or less par for the course. I mean, it's still incredible to be that warm, but this isn't unusual. No, our, our falls haven't been as dramatic. I, I'm looking this. The, the, the 10 warmest Octobers across New Jersey, uh, four of them are in the 2000s, uh, are in the last 20 years. So four of 10. But many other months, it's six and eight of the top 10 have all occurred yeah. since the turn of the century. The one month that hasn't warmed much at all is November. Uh, <laughs> yet December is one of the faster warming months. And we, we can figure that out. I mean, that, that's a head scratcher. Um, but the falls haven't warmed as much as some of the other seasons. And, uh, but then again, the three warmest Octobers will all be since 2007. Well, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what, not to, uh, you know, look ahead too much, but it looks like the uh, first half of November could be on the chillier side um here so that would continue to trend at least for the first you know maybe seven or ten days of november um you know you brought back that you know i just want really quick story here so that october 29 what'd you say 28th right and then the 29th had that snow 
it was rain to snow, I think, if I remember correctly, because I was I was a young lad back then. I was 20 years old and I was at Rutgers and there was a Rutgers football game. So they were playing West Virginia. Um, Eric Legrand, who's, um, you know, an incredible person, was paralyzed in a game and you know, was, has just been working with Rutgers tremendously. They were going to retire his number that day. And, you know, we're there and we're going to the game and we're like, you know, all the, there were a couple of other people there and we're all like, oh my God, like, is it like, we're watching it. Like, you know, that rain snow line start to come and we're like, when it's heavy, it's snow. And when it's light, it's rain. And I won't get into the dynamics beyond that, but you know, so when it picked up the rain, we're like, yeah, it's going to turn to snow. And it's like, it's incredible. So anyway, my friend, um, who I won't name, um, he was adamant about getting body painted for the game that day. And I usually did it with him, but I, I, I definitely, I did it in September, October. I would give up in November. I, I couldn't do it. He just went all the time. I was like, there's no way I'm doing it. So it got to the, so I guess his family, his family has like season tickets. They had season tickets for a long time. They must've like caught wind that he was going to do it. And his grandma called him and said, you can't, he said, if you, if you body paint for that game, we're going to like disown you something to that effect. He did it anyway. And he was in shorts, you know, shorts, body paint. It was 34 degrees. I, I won't give up too much of this. I, I won't, I, I don't want to incriminate him. I don't want to, I don't want to toss him under the bus, but let's just say that um, he probably regretted doing that for a multitude of reasons. He, uh, he, he, he definitely needed some recovery after that point. So that's my that story. Was, that was memorable. Although, I honest to goodness, I'd been in Denver at a meeting that week and headed up to Fort Collins. That snowstorm hit Denver on the Wednesday before the Saturday. And I went up Fort Collins and trees had come down. And that day we were up in the aptly named Snowy Mountains of Wyoming, up 9,000 feet in a ground blizzard. And somehow I had cell coverage and I'm texting my son at Rutgers Stadium, and he's telling me about the snow in New Jersey, and I'm in a ground blizzard up in the <laughs> mountains of Wyoming. And it was like, what is this? It was October, yeah. it was October 29th. It's October. It was yeah. surreal. It was surreal. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, uh, how often does South Jersey get some kind of snow in October? Uh, it's very rare. I mean, that that is very rare. I mean, it's even rare in the northern part of the state, especially when you're out of the hills. Um, but you, there have been opportunities to see flakes. And of course, the biggest of all was that storm where 15 inches of snow fell up in the hills. That storm was bigger up in the highlands of New Jersey than any November storm has ever hmm. measured. You have to look wow. towards December to get anything that would equal that. Um, really? so that that's unusual but you know north jersey seen snow on the 7th and 10th of october but boy to get anything more than a few flakes in the air and get anything to stick on the ground in south jersey um very rare indeed yeah yeah i i, I haven't seen any in my time here and you know our, our earliest snowfall on record is november 5th accumulating snow at Lancaster mm -hmm. international airport so you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough for the uh, snow lovers here. Let's um, let's talk about full foliage here. So last month, um, you pretty much said, you know, we have all the ingredients for a really good fall foliage, but we need to cool down in October. And we knew at the time the forecast for the first half wasn't looking good. 
And it continued not to look good, as we just talked about. We didn't get those cool nights. And now we have not one but two storm systems that's ripping these leaves off the trees. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not good. It had promise. It had promise. And then, you know, I'm not saying there's not color and don't get out there. I've seen some beautiful trees this week, but it's dull, I would say. And And it's behind a week. I was saying a week or two weeks. Maybe it's a week behind. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is all part of the recipe. Uh, the Robinson recipe is you have the to have the recipe. then you have to have the cool nights, and then here's the important ingredient: you have to have the nice weekends for people to get out and see it and say, "Oh, that's beautiful." And, yeah. and that can, if that's preceded with a storm on Thursday or Friday, uh, there goes some of your weekend viewing. Now, the one positive is that things are late. So a lot of leaves won't blow off the trees in, in this event. Now that's, let's also look at it. That's a negative because the more leaves on the trees, the more they act as a sale and that yeah. puts a stress on the trees. And up in North and Central Jersey, the ground is really saturated. So I'm afraid of some trees coming down. Sure. So, you know, it's not all about leaf peeping. Uh, it's also about people's safety. And, uh, you know, that's a problem. And that's what was interesting back in 2011. It had been a warm October. So there were more leaves on the trees than normal when that snow fell in central and North Jersey on the 29th. And there were school districts that they didn't have Halloween that year because power was out. And then what came a year to the day later? Sandy. Sandy. Have Halloween now with Sandy. We had had a relatively average temperatures for October, so there were fewer leaves on the trees than we had had the year before. It was more normal, and thank goodness because if we had had a very warm October before Sandy, there would have been even more tree damage and even more power outages than there were. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, to your point, I don't remember many leaves on the you know, nothing incredible with the leaves on the trees during Sandy. Right. Um, and we are, you know, nine year anniversary on October 29th. We're recording this on the 28th and we have 10 years next year. I mean, I, I guess I can believe it. I mean, 10 years is a long time. It's just like, you know, but your age ten years is a lot. My age. Well, that's, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but since you said it, my point was I'm now getting old enough where I'm like, you know, there's a good amount of people who don't really remember this. Well, the frightening part, I had already been the state climatologist for over 20 years by the time <laughs> Sandy hit. You started in 91 when I was born. So you've been, wow. I have never known a different state climatologist than you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of state climatologists, what's going on with the uh, climate office as we uh, wrap on up here? Yeah, uh, we have a new station since we talked last time. Um, up in North Halden in cooperation with William Patterson University. They had a station up there and we got them a modem. We reprogrammed their data logger. They've got terrific equipment and uh, they're part of our program now in Passaic County. Um, so that, that's a, a real welcome addition. Um, otherwise, we're just keep uh, powering along, long, um, trying to, to keep the network going and uh, had a lot of data requests. And, and the interviews have kept coming in too, post-IDA, some retrospective studies and all. Yep. And I've had opportunities to talk to a number of um, agencies and officials about that as well. And we did prepare a report uh, on IDA. I think we might've talked about it last month. It's embedded, the link to it now is embedded within our September report on 
um, the stateclimate.njclimate.org um, website. So look at that if you want to see the reports. But if you want to follow this latest event, um, go to njweather.org and you can look at the winds uh, every five minutes. You can pull up yeah. a map with maximum wind gusts for the day um, at, your, at your leisure. Yes. Yeah. So njweather.org for the current conditions, njclimate.org for the climate conditions. Um, we are going to wrap it on up here. I will catch you like Thanksgiving time. Geez, it's going to be holiday season already. I, well, Hey, listen, I was at ShopRite on Sunday and they already had like the Christmas, uh, like m coffee creamer. Uh, and just wait till Halloween ends. The Christmas stations start on the radio. Not ready. I'm good. Like, like seven o'clock, maybe even six o'clock on Thanksgiving. I'm Okay. I just don't, it's too early for, you know, see, great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. Okay. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. We'll, we'll, we'll catch you um, for the first Wednesday of December. We'll recap the month of November. Um, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. And then we'll be back with you on the third Wednesday of November here. And we're going to have my new weather family. Come on in. So Preston Atlantic Sea is owned by Lee Enterprises. We have hired um, two, actually we've hired three new meteorologists. Um, and we're going to be speaking with two of them. Um, one in Tulsa, one that's based in the Midwest. We'll be doing that the third Wednesday of November. So it should be a good time. Until everyone, take care, stay safe, and we'll talk with you soon.